0: And we welcome you to this edition of Night Shift Special Edition. Eric Lopez here. This is a this is historic here, folks. My boy Drew Glukoff, per usual, on oh and Kyle Nash. This the first time the three of us have been on a show together. Has to right. be big. Yeah, man. just alone. Yeah. We're on, baby. Why it's are we on? Anything happened today? Why are we on? Oh, that's right.
1: <laughs> because Ohio State lost to Michigan.
2: No, Oklahoma in, in addition Financial Arena in a Big 12 team for the first time, right, fellas? We will talk a little
0: UCF Oklahoma <laughs> basketball, but we will talk about the story everybody's talking about. Dylan Gabriel announcing on Instagram, because why wouldn't you announce it on Instagram? That's the thing to do now. Announcing he's transferring from UCF. He's entered his name into the portal. Announcing it on Saturday, literally during the Oklahoma UCF game. We'll get Kyle's thoughts. He was at the men's basketball game as that unfolded. But Drew, uh, let, I'm going to start with you on this because you know we uh, we've been talking about this on the podcast. We've kind of teased it. Hey, we don't know if he's coming back in general to the school. Uh, we wondered. A lot of speculation. You were on our time on the episode where they showed Dylan Gabriel and saying that he got cleared, and now. Here we are, Dylan Gabriel. No longer a UCF nut. Your thoughts?
1: Well, I, I if you if you recall in all of our conversation, I took a pretty hard line with is he coming back, and my line was until he's back taking a snap behind center, he's mm-hmm. not back. And you know, it could have been a week. It could be never. Uh, until you're back, you're not back. And well, the never part came true. And I did get some flack for some people online for being a little pessimistic about it,
0: but the yeah. truth is. Uh, He's moving on to other ventures. Kyle, you were at the basketball game when this kind of came out. What was your reaction?
2: Yeah, you know, when I first saw, you know, from uh, us talking amongst ourselves about the same thing and Drew taking that hard line soft stance that I gave him a hard time for it being such a soft hard line stance. Um, (laughs) You know, I'm still and I'm still at this point too. I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but I do, I wasn't necessarily sure if the transfer was coming. If he considered it sure, but I'm not I'm not going to knock a guy for exploring his options and mobility and all that. I'm a pro transfer portal guy with the rules that there are and all this other stuff. But I didn't think it was going to happen, certainly not this bleeding early without any sort of motive of why he would leave, you know. But let's just say I'm not exactly sure this was the best PR for him to do it this early, A, and B, doing nothing else to really kind of control the narrative um, for the team and and, and speaking as to, you know, they'll be okay without me, that kind of thing. When I read the message, it's kind of a see you bye. I mean, the aloha at the end was forced and just, uh, listen, if he's got a PR guy, he needs a new one. Uh, This was not a great look from my perspective. Well, I mean,
1: part of it's the day, you know, if, sure. you know, they always say do your bad news on Friday. That's your news dump day. And and they didn't do that. Uh, whoever advised them on it, um, you pick the day right after your seat, your regular season ends. Granted, this is usually when you start seeing transfer na- names thrown out there. But I mean, I agree. You didn't even wait till the rest of the games on Saturday were done. I mean, well, forget
0: I was, that. Here's my issue. All right. You can leave. That's fine. I don't have an issue with that. Uh, I'm not even going to say he made a bad move. I know some people are jumping to that conclusion. You can't say that until we know where he ends up and see what happens. So in fairness to him on that, that's fair. My issue is what you just picked up on, Drew, here. You make this announcement, what, 12 hours after your teammates just beat South Florida in an emotional game, right, a big game, in-state game, and you announce this right as – your fellow student-athletes, your basketball players are playing one of their biggest games against Oklahoma. And you can tell me, well, it's basketball. Student-athletes have a bond. They're aware of what's going on around them on campus. I think that's a slap in the face to the basketball players. I think it's a slap in the, in the face to the football players. That's the issue I have with it.
2: No, that's a great call. And I'll see that and raise you this. What about all the cats who are out there at said USF game wearing their DG the brand socks? Like, what about that? Okay. This clearly he got his money. Like, yeah, exactly. I, he looks like Charlie senior dude. I already got your money. Okay. I, I mean, I, I've already seen some people out on Twitter talking about burning socks. I mean, hey, someone's gonna do it.
0: All well, right? but you bring this up. Hey, and I would, hey,
1: being from Cleveland, I, I, you know, you know yeah, I, I was there. LeBron I remember dropped. when LeBron jerseys were 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 being burnt. Uh, granted, mm-hmm. I was not one of them, but still. Uh, I, I could, you know, there's people online posting, you know, what do I do with my jersey? And, you know, I've always said, cause you know, you, you collect pro and people leave, you know, the transit portal is the college version of free agency. Correct. And the, the answer to the question of what do I do with this is you wear it for the front, not for the back. Or you can sell uh, it. Hell. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, you, you can turn around and sell it, but I mean, you're going to, you're going to take a loss on it. But the key is wear you like the the will
2: get it. Yeah. Well, well, I think you make I, it, you,
0: I don't you, buy Chinese knockoffs. I'm sorry. But this is this is this is the thing. And I I remember I argued this in July with Jeff. I know it's a shocker. Me and Jeff argued about something. What? God, you guys and, are like and, and, an old married couple. Here we go. <laughs> but when this NIL thing came out, you know, and I understand everything's great for it and, and what's good positive about it, but I said with this comes a lot of scrutiny. And we're seeing this with Dylan. What has Dylan been posting on Twitter for the last a number of weeks it's all about the product has he tweeted about his teammates no and it, it's just hard i think fans see through that mm-hmm. i mean i under, look and i'm not suge- i'm not endorsing well, not stupid you know, right and i'm not to- endorsing going after him and 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 you know I, sure. I, there's there is a line but i will defend the fan base that they they that i understand why they're ticked off i don't think they're ticked off that he's leaving i think they're ticked off the way he's leaving
2: Agreed. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, I make the joke about the socks, but y- you know, let's put it this way. Let's go through his IG recently, right? Him throwing passes. Hey, look, I'm totally better. And while I haven't seen the R time yet, cause I'm going to binge it, I There's don't a star be, on
0: that show is on this on this in this program right himself Eric, Eric
2: up yes exactly <laughs> uh, but uh, I, you know I won't talk about who's come up to get uh, your uh, or Andrews or you, you guys' autograph this is so meta I'm confused here anyways but all that aside um it's him throwing passes before anything you may have seen on our time with people spoiling it for me on that episode I'm joking. Um, but anything you may have seen in our time on top of him just throwing passes, nothing about the teammates. And what's the other thing? Hey, I'm going to drop a care package, a sunglass hut or whatever the hell it was. I mean, that it doesn't get more uh, capitalist than that. And that doesn't really do well when you look at college football fans who are looking for loyalty. And we can have the conversation about coaches jumping ship and all that other stuff but college fans look for loyalty and the system is not built for it right now to you guys' point anymore. about free agency. And, and, you know, I, I said the same thing on another show, uh, Eric, so I, I'll definitely give you props for great minds thinking alike, bro. True.
1: Did, here, here's the, here's the truth. You know, it's, it's the wild west, when, You know, the part that, that drives me nuts is the mid season, you know, inputs, you know, I yeah. withdraw from the team, quit mid season and then go into the transfer portal. We saw it from Eric Gilliard and, and while I I'm wish previous. him well, if he stayed just mm-hmm. a smidgen longer, he'd be back on the field. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, I, I think there needs to, you know, obviously the, this is a new, a new era. It's still being tweaked, but I think there needs to be a, a period, a withdrawal transfer period, especially if you're giving, you know, players the, the one timer that they're they're planning on doing where a player can transfer to, to a new school once without any penalty. So if you're going to do that, Okay. Well, you got, you got to fulfill your, your obligation. You play your season. You know, that's part of the scholarship obligation. If you're, if you're not on scholarship, if you're a walk-on, yeah, you can withdraw. That's fine. You're, you're, you're not under any contractual obligation that a scholarship would force you with the national letter of intent. Uh, so, so obviously something's got to give, you know, once the rigor season's over though, you know, then, then, you know, all bets are off bowl games again, Exhibition games, you know, we, right. we forget that unless you're playing for a national championship, uh, you know, they're just they're just feel good events for for the players and with a football game
0: attached to it. Well, and so, a lot of guys aren't going to play bowl games; they're going to skip it and, and things well, like if, that. Well, if correct. they have
1: pro aspirations, right. we saw it last year a number of players you know opted not to play, and it's expected. You know, you don't expect them all to 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 play for really at that point for just just pride. You know, you've got a career to worry about. We've seen bad injuries happen during ball games. So from the timing of at least waiting till the season was over, okay. I, I don't fault Dylan for that, but I would have waited at least till Monday. I would have preferred Friday because that's where you dump the bad news. But at least till Monday, let the weekend end and and let that all kind of just cool off. But you know there was there was smoke everywhere. I, mean, I pointed out to to Kyle because we were actually sitting next to each other at the at the game in the press box right. that you know you had three captains on the field, and Dylan was not was 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 not there. He was missing. Correct. And you know the guys were almost ready to walk to the field. He's nowhere to be found. Right. Eventually he shows up, and you know in his in, in shorts and
0: a, and a, and a right i i got a text messages from people that were at stadiums the last few weeks they were saying there was hardly any interaction with him and the teammates and mikey king remember how mackenzie milton would interact with him when he was on the field and you see that a lot of times with quarterbacks and you didn't see mm-hmm. some of that you know is that a big deal no big deal you know but i was getting those messages i'm with you drew look i think that i, I was told there people thought he'd be ready for smu I think a lot of people well, he physically played. was. Um,
1: but you know, I was very muted on it because I remember how long it took Jalen Robinson to come back. He practiced for over two weeks before he ever made it on the field. So when he was starting to practice again, okay, I, I expect I don't expect it for SMU. UConn, eh, if he was gonna come back, it was gonna be for the South Florida game, if at all. And mm-hmm. you know, by him not playing South Florida, I knew he was gone. You know that that was you knew right was, there. You knew right there. I knew right then and there he wasn't playing. He's done. He's not coming back uh, because he's physically healthy. You know, I we we knew that, and oh, it was all mental. And you know, part of it is the mental you know obstacle of getting over yourself. And you know, I I I, I still deal with that today from from my own injuries. You know, Kyle and I were kind of reminiscing on our sports injuries. <laughs> you know, growing up that that took a lot of rehab time, uh, but you know that's it's real you know we've seen it with with Mackenzie Milton at Florida State you know not the same guy that used to play at UCF and a lot of that is is mental because there's always that that risk of injury that, that goes in the back of your mind that you know what if I turn this way or what if this happens you know my orthopedic surgeon told me if I if I wrestled again I risk being crippled for life I mean that sits with you
2: <laughs> yeah. so
1: it, it's stuff like that but once he didn't he didn't dress, it was over. It was, it was done. I, you know, this is, this is Mikey Keene's team now until something changes in 2022. Uh, you know, get you said that he's the future at this point. And you talk about McKenzie Milton, you're talking very different personalities. Yes. McKenzie is a future coach. He, he thinks like a coach. He talks like a coach. He worked with Dylan, like a coach. Uh, he worked at Florida state, like a, like a, as a player coach, basically.
0: Absolutely. He uh, was supportive he, he, of uh, Jordan Travis, uh, when, you know, a lot of people are in the outside, like, oh, why is he, you know, he was very supportive. I think you, I think you make a great point on that.
2: Yeah. You know, not but just yeah. to Jordan Travis, gentlemen, we could take this back. I remember talking to him personally in 2018 when you could still get to him and he wasn't quite super famous yet. The way he supported DJ Mack, the way right. he supported right. Gabriel himself. This is not a one-time the team thing. Guy. It's a team yeah. guy. A team 100%. guy. And fairly or not,
0: I think Dylan's perception right now that he's not a team guy. Fair enough. Um, now, that's the perception. That's yeah. perception. Now perception reality, not necessarily the same thing. Correct. Like, Agreed. But
1: part of that, again, bad timing. You, you, you the the ink on the newspaper is barely dry saying that the game was 1713. So I yeah. you waited, you know, so little time before saying, you know, peace out. Uh, that it's gonna create a lot of bad will. And, and you know, that's not good for your brand, obviously. That that's not good for where you're coming from. And I'm sure the teammates can't be happy. Uh, have you
0: Grant's seen many teammates like go out of their way and wish him well? I mean, maybe they have, yeah, but, but, but I haven't, they're, they're not going to, it wasn't like the Milton one for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, M- 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 Mackenzie Milton is a, is a different,
1: is a complete different person, different personality. Right. And, and he kind of transcended just the basic game. You know, it's hard to find a guy whose character is that strong. Uh Definitely. You know, his, his story in itself is, is amazing. You know, it, it rivals Alex Smith uh, in the NFL for, you know, the comeback, the adversity and all that stuff, you know, weaker personalities wouldn't survive that kind of comeback and make it onto the field. You know, you're talking about a very unique personality that, that you don't replicate. Uh, so I, and to compare Dylan to McKenzie isn't fair because you can't really replicate the personality and, and character that a McKenzie Milton has. No, well, but. In a way,
0: though, he's following the legend, right? And that's yeah. kind of that's. Well, it's remember, it's the Ron Zook thing. It's the Ron yeah. Zook thing. Yes. You're the guy who follows, follows the, guy. the guy. Yep. Absolutely. Of all the
2: examples you could come up with, you went with Ron Zook. Okay. What's scary, as him it's... and I
0: were thinking the same thing, because it is the most <laughs> obvious one. Uh, this in... is night shift, by the way. we going to want to, because we got a lot of people tuning in and questions. So I do want to get to some of the comments. Sure. Uh, make sure you subscribe. You're watching on Twitter, on Facebook. YouTube, leave us some comments. Our own Bryce and Turner's working the social media aspect of it. He has just told us that Matt Murshel has just posted an article uh, on the set, where he spoke to Dylan Gabriel's dad. Mm-hmm. You were you you knew you were aware of this, Kyle. Kind of clue us in because you were aware about this article that Murshel has written here when he spoke to Dylan's
2: dad. Yeah, I heard around the campfire because um, um, the, the, it's fortunate that, that UCF caught back up for, for some of the press guys because they were distracted by the Milton, or excuse me, the um, Dylan Gabriel story during the first half of it. But, um, you know, talking around the campfire there, I had heard that Marcel had talked to uh, um, Gabriel's dad, and it was something allegedly that he had been weighing throughout the year, but really didn't officially tell coach. Until the Saturday before the game, if I understood it correctly. So, um, take that what you will. And 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 this still kind of lays with with me here, guys. You guys that were kind of a bit more lacking a better word, pessimistic um, than I was. You were sure he was out. I still don't have motive on why he thinks leaving is a better well, decision than staying. You know. Well, let's
1: think I, about th- th- yeah. this offense is not designed for Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel is is built for an air raid offense. It's he thrived in it. Uh, this isn't, this doesn't support air raid at all. I mean, we've, we've seen it. It's much more of a balanced attack. Uh, and, you know, he's, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up at uh, an old Miss or even a TCU, you mm-hmm. know, look at the work that Sonny Dykes did with, you know, with uh, Tanner Mordecai, you know, that would be a very interesting landing spot. Uh, but he's, he wants a place that's going to, you know, you know, open up the passing game, you know, chuck it downfield because, that's what Gabriel always did well. You know, even in his freshman year, his short to medium game was was questionable, fair, but his he had this amazing touch on a deep pass that you don't see very often for for freshmen coming in. He was fantastic. So he's going to look for a program that's going to willing to air it out and air it out a lot.
2: Here's what I don't buy though. The problem wasn't so much the scheme; is that the receiver core is not the depth that you had. Marlon Williams, Gabe Davis. Um... Uh, Derek Snelson, guys like that aren't walking back through that door. Now, that doesn't tell me that was a coaching issue. That tells me he's looking for somebody who can get separation. And while Ryan O'Keefe can do that at times, he has had drops. Um, Jalen Robinson has not been the same guy this year. You even cited it at the spring game. If that's really the issue, tell me a quarterback who doesn't love a running back that draws defense forward. And if Dylan doesn't see that, well, he's going to have problems reading schemes against SEC defenses if he goes to old Miss. I'll just throw that out there.
0: Well, let me let me pick up on what Drew says, okay, and and it kind of answer your question, Kyle, because you're, you're you're trying to like why is what's the purpose? And and I've covered this transfer portal from a softball aspect of my mm. other side gigs because softball had transfer portal before football, okay, uh, okay, and baseball. And what happens here? What Drew just said about, hey, I don't think, you know, is he a fit on Gus's uh, system and he's an air raid quarterback? I promise you, I promise you, there are coaches, wink, wink, and people uh, that are influential. Let's just leave it as that. I guarantee you they got to and have been telling and feeding Dylan that kind of information. Hey, good point. hey, I don't think that's a good fit for you. Hey, if you come out here, you can end up here And then Matt, you know, where you'll fit better. Trust me, he has information. He has a pretty good idea where he's going. And let's and let's remind people when Josh Heupel left for Tennessee and that the all what happened on social media, all the players campaigned for Jeff Levy. And you know why? Because Jeff Levy was campaigning for the UCF job. And Mm -hmm. Dylan was right at the front and they denied it and they said no, the players went on their own. Trust me. Players don't, trust me. That thing was a roll of fire. People talk.
1: And Behind that personally cost Levy the job.
0: Agreed. That turned off a lot of people. Wow. So I, I think there is a lot of that going on. That's why I think a lot of people believe that Old Miss is where he's going to end up. I believe that's where he's going to end up. And and I'm going to tell you something. It's a good move and it's a bad move. It's a great move because, yes, you're going to Old Miss. Uh, you should have more talent and theory around you. But he better be – what's ironic – If he does end up to Ole Miss and we'll get into what, what other schools he might end up in, but if he does end up to Ole Miss, first of all, is Lane Kiffin still the head coach or is Lane Kiffin moving? Where is Jeff Levy? Is Jeff Levy going to stay at Ole Miss? Is he getting a job somewhere else? I think those are some also factors that would make that decision might uh, uh, help in the decision, but he, but here's my thing. It's ironic here at UCF. He's basically was following a legend in McKenzie Milton. If he goes to Ole Miss, He's basically following a legend in Matt Corral, who Old Miss fans adore and love, who played with heart, played with an, an injury. He will be remembered forever, and he's going to get compared to him if he goes there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, this is kind of similar
1: to the when LeBron James first left Cleveland, never won a title. Uh, well, no, no, and, and people were questioning what was his what was his legacy going to be. Mm-hmm. You know when when he went to first went to Miami. You know he had nothing really behind him other than you know he had a good run one year, uh, but never quite got over the hump. So, so the question is, you know, what becomes Dylan's legacy? You know he never won a conference title in UCF. You know they racked up a lot of yards, but they never won the big one. They always seemed to stumble. You know he, he had trouble with the with the big road games. So Don't then yeah, okay where where's the legacy? you know all, all he be at this point and one of the reasons why uh you know working with Gus was actually good, supposed to help him is he's you know he's viewed as a system quarterback. that's a negative in the NFL correct. You, know, you don't want to be called a system quarterback and that's what he was under Josh Heupel. so the thought was okay, he works with you know Gus Malzahn. he runs a more you know traditional offense that can translate to the NFL uh, but he looks like he wants to go to. Uh, an offense that that focuses more on just, you know, chuck the ball deep and 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 let the receivers run and get it.
2: You know? and quickly, Drew, there's a coach whose style of offense went from college to the NFL and is perceived as a failure in Chip Kelly. Now, that offense, basically the same as what Dylan was running. You may there is case in point and precedent for what you just said. I wanted to point that out.
0: Oh,
1: absolutely, and 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 you know, part of what what, what you know the the transition to college to pro isn't just the scheme; it's also just the personality. Yeah. You you run you know you run a pro front office and and team a lot different than you run uh, an athletic department and a, and a football team uh, in college. I mean, they're very different. And, and the reason, you know, by Nick the Steven way, really quick. Out the hard way.
2: The reason why we're focused so much on the NFL th- thing is you have to assume that the reason he's making his move is because he'll get better eyes to to get in the league, right? But oh, that's the plan. Uh, that, I mean, that's that's what part of the
0: strategy and I'm sure they've told him, especially if he goes to an SEC school, which we don't know. We'll get into where, where he goes. But here's the help. part
1: Let's I see. want to call bunk on that, though. This
0: isn't
1: This isn't 20 years ago. You know, every game in every FBS program is televised. In fact, a lot of games for FCS teams, every one of them is available with ESPN Plus and other media streams you know, it's no longer the day where you're lucky if six of your games get on television. No, you're (laughs) unlucky if one of them isn't.
2: And in UCF Uh, in particular, during the, I know it was during the pandemic, but back to back national televised games that, that proves right there that amongst the FBS, UCF is getting a lot of attention, right? But I I,
0: I, I don't disagree. I, and I do think there's it, it, but I'm sure people are feeding that. And remember, what they can counter with. And again, this is speculation. If he ends up going to an sec school, what they're they probably told him, Hey, we've produced NFL talent. No conference produces the NF uh, more NFL talent than the Southeastern conference. It is like a farm system. And I bet you, that's what they're counter. If he goes there for all, you know, and you brought up TCU, I, uh, you know, and we'll get into where we think he might end up, but I do want to ask some of the comments here. Cause obviously the big most dominant question, Eric Edwards and others have have, have asked, what about the quarterback room now? UCF guy, 23, 23, Eric, uh, like five people have asking about the quarterback room. So as of this moment, you have Mikey Keene, who's the incumbent. You've got Parker Navarro, who's become the uh, – <laughs> The change well, of pace. I mean, yeah, the change <laughs> of pace guy. He took Joey Gatewood's role there. Uh, well, I
1: think bit. Joey Gatewood should become a tight end. Uh, you got uh, Tommy Castellanos coming in next, uh, next year. And he basically reaffirmed it on Twitter, basically saying, hey, guys, I'm coming
0: uh there it is yeah you, you've Very got sweet how about damis cassiano 20 minutes out like a little bit after dylan announced his post he posted night nation i'm oh, coming i mean you talk about a kid who's smart like that's yo stones, though, oh I'm
1: your that, savior, that's huh? called that's marketing right there you 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 basically okay you've got this this gap here you know big star guy leaves hey here comes the man on the white horse you know, coming with the, in the, the night in shining armor to save the day. Now, granted, I don't think Tommy's going to start his freshman year, um, if unless they have to, because you, you want to give guys a chance to to grow and develop. But I mean, it's so refreshing to see a guy who really wants to be there. I mean, you know, a lot of people say if you don't want to be here, you know, we don't want you here, and and there's some truth to that. You know, right. um, th- obviously, Dylan Levin is not the only player leaving. Um, Caden Robinson put in his uh, um, transfer announcement. Not a big surprise there. He kind of fell down on the depth chart, uh, but you want people who want to be here. And right. you know, for every guy like uh, a Caden Robinson who thought he was, you know, one thing, and you know, when compared to other players, turned out to be, you know, a little bit different. Uh, you want a guy like like you know. Tommy saying, you know, Hey, I- I'm here. I want to, I- I'm coming. I want to be here. You know, you want those guys who are just willing to, to, to just do the dirty work and, and, you know, become an ambassador to your program. And I think uh, when, when Dylan kind of went quiet, he stopped really being an ambassador of the program and just kind of closed in and focused on his own interior brand, almost preying on, on people expecting him to come back. To, to sell some socks.
2: Well, I mean, it's not the first time he's put out a false narrative, right? Like last year, yeah. before, before McKenzie was about to transfer, he's like, well, he might play. I was in the room in the press conference when he, conference when he did it. Like it wasn't just IG hype. So he has a precedent for, for at least thinking he's a marketeer, right? And, and by the way, what a side of the times in this in this um, screenshot here, Eric, where like he, the whole Night Nation, I'm coming thing, which by the way, the stones on this kid, but I love it. And I then the next it. week, how smart dude, he's like a baby face. Are you kidding
0: me? Like fans were ate that up. They were fired up when they saw that. It was smart. That's, I
1: mean, we saw the heel turn. We saw we was the Gabriel had the heel turn yep. and immediate. I mean, he was already a face, but man, he, he just like got the huge pop. I mean, you're and talking almost 1,500 like, likes. Yeah, it,
2: it, yeah that's what I was getting Instagram. At. Look at that. It's great. The, it's the side dark. of the times, follow me on Instagram is the next shot. And now here we are with, you know, let's just say a follower who I see a lot around already thrown in the gifts and in the fire. And you know what? I'm with you, Eric. God bless him. The man is working the room, the, the virtual room so my
0: god it's tommy it's tommy
1: i could to see uh, jr going he, off he, on that he got
0: a he's got over a thousand four hundred and thirty likes and counting i mean the kid's going to be popular i mean come spring ball i mean you could say he's not going to play but people want to see him in, in the spring and look he's gus's guy and i think we, we have to bring this up we got to remember a lot of these guys like D- dylan wasn't recruited by gus he's not a gus right. guy he was right. recruited by a previous staff and You have to expect a bit of a transition. I said this before the season. It's a transitional period. I don't care, you know, you bring in a new staff. There's going to be some changes. There's going to be some guys that just don't like it how things go. Hey, I didn't play. I didn't come to play for that guy. It's not anything personal. Sure. I just it just doesn't work out for whatever reason. This happens all over the place. I don't think it's an indictment of the staff. I don't think it's an indictment of the program. I think this is just part of the way it is now in college athletics when you have ch- constant changes.
2: Yeah, and, and that's that's kind of where I was going to go to. Eric is is that piece. We, I think there's an opportunity when you look at it. Oh, how many players has this program or this coach gotten drafted? Well, gosh, how many players has Gus gotten drafted over at Auburn? That little program there, you know,
1: see what you to happen about to be it. in the SEC. I mean, I mean it's not like he know. doesn't know what he's doing. Well,
2: I agree.
0: No, listen, I agree <laughs> with both of you on that. I'm just saying yeah. that's probably the, the, the you know how this works in recruiting. It's always like they're always gonna, it's always a point of view that they're but, gonna bring up and avoid the other side but they're all they're all talking
2: everybody with that that knowledge base that gus already has and and again as much as we love uh tommy's tweet here is it possible that the future of the quarterback room is in the room right now and the answer to that question is potentially no exactly Hmm. are we gonna see more boom tweets from Gus throughout the off season here, that's kind of what I. Well, I
0: have. think that's a great question. Do, what are the possibilities that you will I, go after a quarterback for a transfer, especially a veteran, right? Because it's a young quarterback room right now. Well, not yeah. only
1: that, but but Gus kind of alluded to it more than once that he's going to be looking hard and working that transfer portal. I mean, he was very successful in year one bringing in talent. Some of the best guys that 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 UCF had this year were transfers: Brandon Johnson, Isaiah Bowser, Big Cat mm-hmm. Bryant, Bryson Armstrong. We're talking guys that all came from the transfer portal had immediate impacts. And that's what you use the transfer portal for is you want those guys to come in and and not so much play a stopgap, but be an impact guy while other other players, younger players are still learning, developing, and and you know, they they bring leadership, they bring on field, off field. So I would not be surprised if next year's quarterback comes from the portal. Right. Uh, he knows how to work it. He knows how to work it well. He's got a reputation. Um, Gus is very well liked among you know among the nation. And he, he's already shown results of hey, you you transfer here and you can make a difference. I mean, those those, those players who brought who came in all were impact players. I mean, mm-hmm. they were it was fantastic at how well they 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 grasped the system, embraced it, and excelled.
0: And I think others are going to take note of that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, other comments. Mr. Hampton, the uh, 13, he used the hero in that tweet. He knows exactly what he's doing. He, he, he yeah, I mean, oh, come on. I mean, you know, it's
1: we're all we're all marks on this one. He's totally, you know, he's totally uh, reeling, uh, reeling us in. But th- this is marketing. You, you, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure.
2: Hey, and, maybe this kid has a consultant, advantage maybe he doesn't. Yeah, maybe this kid has a consultant, maybe he doesn't, but he's certainly doing a better job than Gabriel's people, it looks like. Well, in in
1: not you know in, in fairness to Tommy, you know, he's he's been gung-ho about UCF for quite a while. Mm-hmm. So to see him take and jump on this, well, I don't find it surprising. The timing couldn't have been couldn't have been any better. I mean, uh, he's doing everything right to really, really create some goodwill between him and the fan base. And as we know, the UCF fan base is an incredibly passionate fan base. Double-edged sword, because now Dylan Gabriel is going to get the other end of the sword the of that passion.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: yeah. you know, The opposite of love isn't hate, it's apathy. So love and hate,
0: not very different from each other. <laughs> uh, we got a question here, my uh, Amy Bachman saying, i like to see a kicker come through that portal. You did last year.
1: <laughs> uh, they, they do have a kicker on roster, Riker Casey, was a transfer from Appalachian State. But uh, supposedly, uh, there is a uh, a commit uh, up in the Orlando area. And I, I i they i saw him on a uh, picture on Twitter yesterday. And I don't the, the name slips my mind, and I feel terrible for it because it's a kicker. Uh, but it's uh, they they do have a guy that they're trying to bring in who's pretty good. So the hope is. We have some stability in our place-kicking duties next year. Now, granted, Daniel Labarski is an outstanding kickoff guy. Kickoff
0: guy. Let's let's leave it at kickoff guy.
1: Boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I'm getting comments here. Do you guys think this Dylan's decision will impact Flash and Titus, the receivers?
2: Um, Flash, maybe. Um, but, again, he's already a transfer, so I don't know how that physics works exactly. Right. So if well, as got- far as maybe
0: him just declaring for the NFL, I don't know. They weren't specific on the comments. Yeah. But-
2: now, if he does go to the draft, that's cool too. But with what, with what tape, like I, I don't wish injuries on guys, but if you're a UCF fan, him getting injured and not having a whole lot of tape this year outside of a system quarterback, tossing him in the ball. Uh, he 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 may be in his best interest to come back to UCF because transferring is an issue there potentially. Again, I'm not sharp on the rules, but I believe that's that that's going to be an issue because he's already a transfer. And listen, to be honest, I feel like one year of him healthy and an off season getting with whoever the quarterback is will get him back to big numbers. I think the biggest problem is he just didn't have time to find chemistry with Mikey King, because when you when you run routes as far and as fast as Robinson does, you got to be comfortable letting that rip like that, and true freshman quarterback, not very comfortable. You might have seen two examples this past Friday at the Black Friday game for the War on I-4, I'm just saying.
1: I actually think there's a better chance of of Flash transferring than Titus. Uh, Titus kind of working his way up the system. He's getting right. more playing time. Um, he's earning that. Flash is kind of falling out of the offense to a larger extent. But let's actually go further back in time. Spring game. Uh, Jalen Robinson struggled badly during the spring game. Could not create much separation in a shorter passing game. Ryan O'Keefe absolutely just dominated. And Flash, you know, fast forward to the season. That's exactly what happened. Ryan O'Keefe had an outstanding season. Uh, Jalen Robinson, even before the injury, wasn't quite the 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 burner that he was under the hypo system. And then when he came back, he was almost non-existent. Uh you know, he no, that, barely he was a, he was the, the third receiver, uh did not generate all that much. And, and in fact, Titus started starting stealing snaps from him so i would not be surprised if flash would be on his way out Uh, he just did not really fit in the system for whatever reason he's a great player don't get me wrong but Mm -hmm. he struggled in it in the spring uh did not really uh do all that great the first part before he got hurt and was non-existent coming back from his injury
0: uh ken jackson Guy, I think you both are familiar with has chimed in. I know Ken for a long time. (laughs) He goes, quote, Transfer Portal and NIL has turned this into a me over we landscape. DG isn't the first, won't be the last, will look more like college basketball in the future. As a college basketball fan, I can tell you there is a lot of movement. Like, it's like I was studying the rosters. I mean, it is insane. Look, UCF's got some of their own. You saw Oklahoma there today, Kyle. They got transfers. I mean, it is. I don't necessarily. I don't. You know, the the, the me and we. I keep thinking of what Joe Jaleary was saying. It's say. free agency. It's George free agency. Frizi. It's, it's college football free agency. Yeah. Correct. And I think, you know, there's a prop that's there's going to turn some people off. They're going to turn some people that like college football. They're going to be turned off by that. And and I do think the sports got some issues when it comes to that. Now, I can adapt. I've adapted to it, and I still follow the sport, but I don't like it like as much as I did in the nineties. I don't. It's not a good product anymore. I don't like the chemistry. There's no chemistry. It's all a bunch of, like, sloppiness out there as a product because I don't think guys stick together for three to four years. Guys, the quarterbacks, aren't trained. Look at what happened this year. You have an inexperienced quarterback has to come in instead of a guy that's been waiting his turn two to three years. Those days are over now.
2: The days are the guys waiting their turn are, for the most part, done. That part's true, but, but again, I feel compelled to, to mention – um, the antithesis to your point, um, Elo, in that there is a particular transfer that transferred once and ended up having the best statistical offense of all time in Joe Burrow. So there are positives in that. And there's a And I think others. that is a
0: positive. That's a great yeah. point. I think the positive of the port are guys that don't get an opportunity to the play. I don't think fa- I think that's I agree with you. I think the where people kind of run into an issue is hey, our bigger school is gonna take away my best player.
2: Basically. Well, I, I, that's the thing. You're absolutely right. Our bigger school is going to take away your best player. But a bigger school cannot give a player the proper respect. And we get uh, Jalen Robinson uh, performing the way he did with Dylan Gabriel alongside of Marlon Williams and doing all that. So, like, it's funny. I I, I mentioned Flash on purpose because he's a potential example of both, you know. Um, so, and as far as some of the other rules and be, having concerns with guys transferring – I think a lot of it is going to happen quickly now because it's new and it looks like an opportunity to a lot of guys, but they don't know the downside yet. And as we see more and more cases of downside that where it goes wrong for players, I think when it's understood better in the future, that'll kind of balance out. Now, will we in, in the future want to put in rules once we see that kind of level off or if it doesn't level off? Because, hey, I could be wrong. Um. Maybe, but to rush in and put rules in right now, I'd like to see, for example, I would watch Dylan Gabriel's example closely to see what exactly happens and how bad it could go not just for teams but what if this actually hurts Dylan Gabriel as an athlete somehow And am not saying it will I don't want it to but right. you know
0: I will say too I think some of this will slow down once we kind of get back to normal numbers COVID has played a role in this with the numbers Excellent. game Excellent I uh, in every sport where you know yes. everybody got an extra year you got recruiting classes numbers I mean some of that's also causing some of this I do think Five years from now, things will slow down as people have a better understanding. But
2: right now, we're in the peak of it. I mean, heck, both the ladies and men's basketball teams at UCF alone are returning fifth-year starters. Right, the entire starting groups returning right. for the ladies, for example. You know,
1: uh, well, there's there, there's an example I use in in college basketball that always the is my epitome of the me versus we mentality. Hey, at least and you, you got
2: LeBron again. <laughs>
1: no, no, it's a college game. You go back to the 2004 NCAA tournament where the Manhattan Jaspers Here defeated the Florida Gators in the first round. I <laughs> was at the NCAA game? tournament. I think. It and it, it wasn't a close game. I mean, it was 75-60. Um mm-hmm. but I mean Florida was loaded with McDonald's All-Americans. And they got torched by a bunch of nobodies because the nobodies knew how to work with each other. They built the chemistry over time and were able to to, to do something, you know, special. And I use that as an example. And I always go back to that because, uh, you know, we're seeing more of that now in college football. Granted, one player uh, is not quite as impactful like you are in basketball, where one guy can just take over the entire game. You know, you, you, you need a whole unit in, in football, but it's still the same mentality. You know, you have to have guys that are willing to, to put on, you know uh, you know, put their job, you know, in front of them and put their egos behind them. You know, you're here, do your job. It's the whole, the whole new England Patriots thing, do your job. And and it works. Uh, now to the question below, uh, Hi, I, hey. I, uh, hey Trace uh, <laughs> from Trace Trullo, our, our, our good friend, and, and provocateur uh he uh i i think gus knew for a while because i i remember we're at the press conference
0: yesterday and well let me he just asked, paraphrase what he gets he, he a
1: shrug he yeah, gets a yeah. shrug
0: yeah uh when let just com- when let me just say real yeah. quick what he's commenting about the sentinel reporting that G- dylan gabriel informed gus today saturday at what point do you think gus knew he's seen the last of dg as a night that's the question he's yeah, asking the go-
2: article right uh, p- yeah based and, on the article.
0: Think- go ahead I think it's been at least a couple weeks. Yeah. Um. because when he was
1: asked, yes, he just kind of shrugged and you can tell it's like, yeah, what, you know, yeah, he's doing what he's going to do. Oh, he was sick. Um, and then we're seeing all this other stuff that he, he's up to and all, uh, you know, kinda, so,
2: I mean, I, I, I'll put it this way. And, and, and I'm not saying this necessarily to, to declare you're wrong here. Did he know, did he have some inkling of it last night as possible? But it may not have been confirmed, right? That well, it was, wouldn't have been confirmed. Correct. But I mean, he, yeah.
1: he had it in his head. Like I mean, you know, Gus has been around enough. He he knows the behaviors of of people. You know, uh, of players. You know, he's had players transfer on him before. I'm, mean, heck, you know, even through our you know our podcasts and our writings and all this stuff, I was pretty sure he was done. I mean, granted, I figured before the season this was going to be his last because he was going to the NFL. Then he got hurt. <sighs> But once the SMU game happened and and there was no sign of it and then, you know, we're getting towards UConn and there's nothing, I,
0: this guy's done. And he's um, not even dressing. He's not, not even dressing. dressing. Yeah. Can you imagine if Mikey King gets hurt in the South Florida game? Which I, there was a moment there, I forget, where he got hit. I'm like, oh. Yeah, he, he got dropped in his case. shoulder
1: hard and he, he walked what? off the field pretty pretty rough.
0: Right. What happens if he gets hurt? Parking tomorrow. Know? Right. And he, <laughs> but that's my whole point. I, I will say this, and again, I've covered the transfer portal in various sports. You could trick the media, you could trick the fans, but you can't trick a locker room. The right. players and the coaches know. I guarantee you, nobody was surprised. Do I believe he informed them officially today? Yes, I do think that is accurate. That doesn't mean they weren't. This was a shocking development. I think they it, knew, and, and and players especially, they have a sense. Well, they hang around each other. They can. They know when something's up. Trust me. Let's go
1: back to last night, and and Kyle, you were in the room. Sam Jackson's talking, and he's asked about about Mikey Keene, and he kind of got kind of he brightened up and said, "Mikey Keene is the future." You know, yeah. he's got a bright future here, and right. and you can tell that that was an endorsement of the guy next year because you know obviously you know Sam being a senior, uh, I I don't think he's coming back next year. I right. um, he was he was, he walked on senior night. Uh, I, I expect him to move on to, to the, the next chapter of his life. And, and you know, we, we appreciate everything that that Sam, Cole, and, you know, uh, Marcus, and any, any of the other seniors have, have done. Uh, but to, to give a ringing endorsement like that, especially when technically Dylan's still on the team, kind of is, is a very loud smoke signal. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Smoke makes a lot of noise. But, I mean, we heard it very loud and clear.
0: Well, let me expand. Exp- let's expand on this. Let- his, let- this one guy. Now, wow. let me ask you both this. Are you both sold that Mikey Keene can do the job if he's the starter in 2022? Because I think that's going to be the question everybody's going to be asking here. Is Mikey Keen the guy long term? Do you buy what Jackson's selling there, what he said on Friday? Do you? Are you guys confident that in 2022, Mikey Keene is the starter and you can be successful if you're
2: UCF? confident is obviously no I guess based on the way i've just cringed a bit um but you know <laughs> in, in, in you know in, 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 i'll put it this way i you can't say impossible when the three of us all lived in a world where mackenzie milton was booed off the field at the cura Bowl. i was and there then turned around and went undefeated now I, I wasn't at the booing. I was
1: at that game too
2: but i was certainly um i was certainly there for 2017. Where it all went cor- ridiculously correct, you know. Um, and and if turn listen, turnarounds are a thing that happen in this program. You want to get a UCF, a former UCF player, to frown very quickly and take their face to a dark place. Just say the words 2015. If you want that to then reverse, say 2017. Okay, it's that simple. Um, <laughs> I did I did that a lot in conversations with these guys back when we were breakout sessions in 2018. Okay, I, I know that's how it works. But to I'll put it this way, and I want to answer I want to answer the question here really quickly because Drew's I think Drew's adding a little too much smoke to certain statements by Sam Jack. But what I will say is this the question about Gus being informed, I don't think he was informed necessarily leading into the SMU game because of the way he told people to prompt their breaks. It's one practice. I know you want to play, all this other stuff. That made him that you know, that made me kind of think that they, he may not have known. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I I could buy
0: that. I could buy that to some extent. I could buy yeah. that. I, I don't think uh and Advisors chimed in. I think a couple weeks uh, to demeanor changed immediately after the excitement of he practicing. Him uh, practicing. Or him practicing. Know. Well, that's what he wrote there. Our boy
1: Costeg. We're uh, we're not we're not going to critique uh, on 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 the typing. It does. Let happen. me
2: can
0: I, let me chime yeah. in on the Milton thing by the way in sixteen because it's all revisionist history and 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 what people forget. I was very was, critical on Middleton in '16. His mechanics no. were
1: awful. But you His know who mechanics was, were awful.
0: But you know who emphatically <laughs> was it? Scott Frost, the <laughs> head coach, who was asked about it. I was in the press in the press room in the post game after Tulsa. Hey, are you should are you considering? You know, should you go to Justin Holman? Because there were people saying go back to Justin Holman. Uh, he was asked about this in the Cure Bowl. And Scott Frost, probably the only time he's been right about a quarterback. In the last Ooh. six years, in fairness, said emphatically, "This is my guy. This is our guy. He's going to win us a lot of big games. We're we're sticking with him." He wow. said he was going to win big games. I remember I've spoken to Jerry O'Neill, who was the silent reporter. He would constantly said that, and there was a buzz about Milton even in practice, talking to players. Has that it was he did he struggle? Yeah, because he was a freshman. The question that I have about Mikey is. Does he have that it factor, or is he more of a game-managing type of quarterback? I don't know the answer. I'm not saying I do, but I do want to reference with Milton. There was a buzz even from the players at practice talking about him, just like there was a buzz about Dylan Gabriel uh, in this freshman year when, you know, Brandon Wimbush came in. Everybody's like, yo, you should see how this kid Gabriel throws the football. I haven't heard that from Mikey Keene, and that's my concern. That doesn't mean, though, to your point, Kyle, and I think it's the point you're making, You can make a jump from a freshman to a sophomore year. I think that's a valid, fair point in Mikey Mm -hmm. Keene's defense. Yeah, no,
2: and and one other thing I want to quickly point out is both the quarterbacks we mentioned in Gabriel, and especially in Milton, who had two professionals at one point on either end of that line protecting him, Mm -hmm. Wyatt Mm -hmm. Miller and Aaron Evans, shouts to the the painter over my head here. Um, the, uh, uh, the, The key that a lot of people are leaving out is those tackles, and listen, no offense to Sam Jay, or anybody else on the offensive line, okay? But, like, that, the the offensive line of 2017 is far superior to what we have here. The offensive line of 2018, I could even argue, is more superior to what we have Well, here.
0: there's going to be questions about this offensive line moving forward, right? That's Certainly. one of the big other questions in the offseason, how many of these guys are coming back, how many uh, upgrades. I think that's an area where either the recruiting class or the transfer portal, I think you're going to see some moves yeah. uh, in that line. Cossack, by the way, clarified. Uh, drive, he's driving. He's driving. So, I uh, understand.
2: Hey, respect. Listen, I've done it, too. It's all good, bud. Uh,
0: he says, when Gus announced DG practicing, both he and the players were excited. The yes. next week, they were less excited about DG's progress.
2: And that's exactly what my point was, right? The following Monday, when the practicing yeah. cut was, came up, oh, DG's sick. What happened was, right? Um, so, I... Yeah, exactly. I think the point that you made, Drew, is um, did Gus have some idea last night uh, at at the War on I four pe- press conference? Absolutely, he did. Um, he just first, shrugged.
1: Like, he just he kind of shrugged it off. You know, he's like kind of like that. Well, kind of th- kind I mean, of
2: shrugged. You know, and, and and then and frankly, um, I believe it was uh, um, the Orlando Sentinels Justin Beatty who asked the question on Monday. He did kind of the same thing. Well, he's sick. It's going to be kind of tough to get him in the game. You know. Um, so we I can I would I would and again, this is all speculation and, and I know that uh, there are those in the comments who 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 dislike speculation and all that. but this particular speculation on my part is that it would have been after SMU that Gus had a clue that it was coming.
1: Yeah. well, well once the SMU game happened because obviously and Dylan the, didn't <laughs> yeah, you get you you, you interview Monday, you know, before the game, obviously a lot changes from Monday to Saturday. Then the game happens or doesn't, or doesn't happen. That was the time. Once he realized he's not playing that game, that that's it. You know, oh. that's I think where he realized. Well, I don't think this
0: is happening. Right, especially in a season where a lot of guys are banged up. A Lot oh, of guys. Okay. You guys have played the game. When a, you see your teammate banged up, you you there, there's I wouldn't say an obligation. But there's like, Hey man, I got to support this guy who's putting it on the yeah. line myself. Right? i got
1: to get- shout out Matt Lee on that. You yeah. know, he, no he's doubt. been beat up and coach, you know, even said, you know, we pulled him out last week. He got, the team pulled him out to, you know, the, uh, before, uh, he, he, stuck it out this game. They wouldn't let him, they, they weren't going to pull him this time, but I mean, he would, if, if the team didn't pull him out, he would have fought the entire game. But I mean, there are times he's hobbling off the field. It, it, you know, it's, it's sad to watch, you know, from the fact of you don't want to see guys get hurt, but, but man, you, you've got to love the, the strength of character uh, to not quit. And, and that's the one thing. And people are like, Oh, players are quitting now. The season's over. You know, the regular season's over it. You know, they're moving on, you know, no one's at, the only guys who quit were the ones who quit or who left in the middle of the year those guys quit but the majority of this team they're not quitters like coach Melzahn said they oh, they yeah. fought their tail off if they were quitting they would have gone the way of you know the 2004s, the 2015s. The adversity hit. This it could have far. spun out of control, and right it would have—you know—it would have been like 2003, where they they started, what two and one uh, player, you know, bunch of players get suspended for for stuff for the year, and they end up three and nine. Uh, you know, the wheels just fall off. Uh, wheels didn't fall off. They got they tightened them up. You know, they started three and three. They finished five and one. Uh, you you know, there's no quit there. If I there's mean, how, it, it's it a coach, very
2: minor part. How is it the coach puts it exactly? They didn't flinch. That's been, you know, they didn't flinch because of this whole situation where the IR is so crazy that even the coach is on the damn thing. Okay, they nobody is safe. No doubt, they didn't flinch. Is uh, Gus's version of hypels We're going to go one and out. Oh, okay, it's that simple. Yeah, and, uh, but and it's, it's way great more great. likable.
0: I mean, it doesn't make that hurt. I mean, it was a tough season from an injury print, uh, standpoint mm. uh, on that. So, what another questions people coming in? What is so what you mentioned Dylan's legacy? What are you going to remember about Dylan? That's going to be kind of weird to kind of remember. He was a talented quarterback. I think he's a top five talented quarterback in the history of this program, but there's going to be that, but right? Like, he's the guy than, who followed the guy.
2: Yeah. He's I, Ron no, Zuck. I, I don't, I'm, you know, I, I think it's actually a little bit more grand and depressing at that all at the same time he blew up all of Milton's records for you know a young quarterback coming in starting as early as he did right and he would have been on pace to beat McKenzie's records had he stayed healthy had he come back another year I mean and and let's not leave out you're going to transfer to TCU potentially where you could utilize your um eligibility to play in the Big 12 eventually anyway in a system you know you're going to start whatever um but I think I think for me personally his legacy is going to be um a missed opportunity um here um so what if be,
0: his last snap as a knight was that kooky last play where he got hurt at Louisville
2: yeah well hey, hey listen you want to talk about what if what if that pass doesn't get tipped and intercepted back to the house. Oh. What if that pass is actually oh, properly That's completed? a good what if. Okay. Right. And then they actually get in place to to set up to kick the field goal. Co- oh, never mind Obarski would miss it. I'm kidding. No. But and then they hit the field goal and the day is won. That tip has now changed the complete uh, trajectory of potentially of certain things going on. Well, History. definitely yeah. yeah, I don't know. if It's going to be a worse or a better trajectory, uh, honestly. But there's a different trajectory now because of that single moment.
1: But the end result would have been the same if he, if he, if he didn't. Uh,
2: not necessarily.
1: Yeah, he would have been if he, if he played this year and, and didn't get hurt. He was gone. He instead he was going to the NFL draft. This was but a that very, would have been
0: a much more positive ending. Uh, it would have
1: been a positive ending. But the end result of him leaving after this year would have been the same. It would not have changed. It just where he was going and the attitude behind it would have changed. The narrative would have changed. The result would have been the same because this 2022 class is pretty thin. You've got uh corral. You've got Sam Howell. You got Desmond Ritter, you know, Malik Willis and a bag of Skittles. Uh, there, There's, there's, this is not a strong quarterback class at all. And that was why, uh, a lot of people expected Dylan Gabriel to have a good year to to shake off that system quarterback label and, and propel himself into serious questions uh, of of you know being a higher round draft I, I i saw at the highest uh him having like a fourth round grade after oh, the last there's season there's
2: no way who puts him look in look it up round? sir
1: look it up Uh-oh. i can look um, it up
2: all day it's a bad analysis that's asinine.
1: that's the remember perception first reality system quarterbacks are not viewed well in the nfl you know
2: uh, yeah that and and he still gets that's what this year was all about
1: was about him shedding that and proving that he's not a system quarterback he didn't get the opportunity so now he's looking for another opportunity where he may end up in uh, a similar system but utilize the team reputation to get past that
2: i'll suffice it to say this i'm looking forward to being impressed
0: well, I you know, be impressed. Uh, he, he, he <laughs> know what? He re- this reminds me a little bit about the Graham brothers, and this might be for old school UCF fans. Oh, Joey. the twins Her- that shall not be named. Yes, <laughs> Joey and Stephen Graham, talented basketball players, two of the most talented players ever to play basketball at UCF. Transferred to Oklahoma State, had a good run at Oklahoma State. Joey ended up playing Indiana NBA, but Drew's reaction just said it all. Night fans don't have positive uh, at things to say. In fact, it was funny. I think it was, might have been earlier this year in the calendar year. It was when this when Taco Fall and the Celtics I think made the playoffs, or he played in the playoffs. And Jeff threw out the name Joey Graham, and people like, "Whoa, no, 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 he ain't ours, brother. We don't count him. <laughs> Screw that!" Like people took backlash at him. Interesting. I, oh yeah. Well, they don't. They the, don't. Part of that, that was a, right? it was the comments
1: his dad made. Um, yes, now, now the case, story. you know, obviously, uh, Dylan's dad Garrett uh, didn't say anything really bad, but um, the Graham brothers' dad basically said, Yeah, we want to go somewhere where, he, where their work actually matters. I Ooh. mean, they basically he basically trashed the school because yeah. they were a, a fledgling, you know, program in the Atlantic Sun, right? Uh, that luckily. Uh, Dylan's dad didn't do that. <laughs> he, he did not. No, well, but it reminded me, things. I think it reminds
0: me of that because the grams were successful at Oklahoma state and Joey obviously played in the NBA. I think Dylan can be successful wherever he ends up. He's talented. He's very talented. Let's not. And I think he could be, ta- he could be You don't think he could be successful at TCU. Or at
2: TCU. I, sure. The NFL is another question. No, no,
0: question. no. I'm not talking NFL, I'm not talking okay. NFL. That's a whole different category. I'm not going to get into, I'm talking his next landing spot. Cause I don't think you see a fan's, uh, are worried about the NFL stuff. They're more worried about where is he going now?
2: Sure. If he and goes to think, the SEC, I have questions about him facing SEC defenses week in and week out. Yes.
0: Well, and I'm witnessing that as we talk. Um, <laughs> let, let's, all right, so let me throw out some schools. You tell me yay or thumbs up, thumbs down as far as we're, a Dylan possible landing spot, good fit. The obvious one that's going to be the heavy favorite is Ole Miss. Absolutely. Ole Miss is definitely the heads-on favorite. They got Jeff Levy. They got an
1: offense that is... Uh, cater to him perfectly because that's what he did his freshman year was work under Jeff Levy. So, I mean, it makes perfect sense um, for Ole Miss. They have a quarterback spot that's opening up because Matt Corral is going to go to the NFL draft. Uh, I, I don't see anywhere else that that comes close as far as that number one option, but things happen. You know, there could be other schools that, that vie for it.
2: And I'll ask this, and I'll add this too. Even though I've made my position about what, how I think Dylan will do against SEC defense, is one thing he will have protecting him is an SEC offensive line, and that is a big dang deal, people. Okay. The example I'll give it won't be LeBron James, sorry, but it will be Lamar Jackson playing in a bowl game, the Citrus Bowl specifically, um, against LSU. I was there. Well, yeah. I, I didn't even know. I, I, I didn't even know I knew you yet. Right. Elo? But, <laughs> but um, yeah, literally my first credentialed college football game that I covered and L Jack got crushed and it dawned on me later when the, when the, w- uh, a couple years later when he got drafted by the Ravens, the reason why he's going to be more successful in the NFL is that chances are the, LSU defensive line against his O-line at Louisville. That disparity of talent may be bigger than what he faces in week in, week out. Meaning, sure, he's got a better offensive line now in Baltimore. And sure, the defensive lines he's facing in the NFL are better. But the difference in talent, not so great as that year's LSU defensive line, who had a number of pros on it, right? And then also, um, Devon Godzow among, among them, the name comes to mind because I covered him with the Dolphins wire. And then certainly Marshall, you went from having Louisville's offensive line to taking snaps with Marshall Yanda at guard in front of you. What more do I have to tell you? So from that standpoint, the disparity of talent for the O-line versus the D-line may equalize more. He may have more time. Um, he may get an opportunity to prove that he's more mobile than people think. I, that's a possibility. And the receiver core may be there. It's a possibility.
0: All right. It all depends I
1: mean, th- on, the, on the attrition that, that Ole Miss suffers themselves. Uh, sure. No, no team is immune to the transfer portal and graduation and all these other forms of attrition. I mean, the, every school is, is going to fall victim to a certain extent.
0: All right. Uh, Tennessee. Does he reunite with Josh Heupel? Didn't end on the best of terms, supposedly. No, no, no chance.
1: I'm it no a thumbs down that. on that one. Uh, okay. I don't see it. That did not end well.
0: Uh, no. How about any of the Florida schools? Florida, Florida State. My any any chance there?
2: Uh, I mean, I mean if, I if, could, if,
0: yeah.
2: go ahead. It, Kyle. It, it could happen with FSU allegedly if Milton gets in his ear. I guess, but it's not like McKenzie's having a positive um experience per se you know at fsu right and if we're talking about you know protection as far as a fit because when i think great offensive lines i think fsu no i don't um so you know i i i, I would have to say a humble no as well to any other uh schools in the state uh okay. I, I don't think any school in the state's going to work
1: out uh Florida state's got a quarterback. Uh, Florida has a quarterback. They just didn't know it until the very end.
0: Uh, <laughs> you better hope Miami, they better hope he stays. Anthony Richards, they better hope he stays.
1: Well, they make him the starter, he'll stick around. And, uh, but, I mean, with the head coaching in turmoil, I, I think uh, all signs point to a guy like a Billy Napier being hired to Florida. That's not really the system for, for Dylan Gabriel. Miami's an absolute mess. I, I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. Right. Uh, I don't see any – any state program really having something that'll work for him?
0: Uh, any other schools you want to throw out there? You've thrown out TCU. Anybody else? I mean, I get in the radar here, a West Coast school, and could he come closer to home? Maybe a Pac-12 school. Well, uh, I want to
1: throw a dark horse in there, and and no one's going to. Well, maybe you would think of it, but uh, I'm going to go with SMU uh, as as, oh, as an option. Oh,
0: whoa, SMU. <laughs>
1: As, as a very dark horse, and I mean the darkest of dark horses.
2: Literally um, them being the Mustangs, it's a dark horse,
1: <laughs> Well, you have Tanner Mordecai there, uh, but with with a coaching change, Sonny Dyke's gone. There's a possibility he could walk away, too, even though he's transferred once before, and you got Rhett Lashley, which I think would be a great guy to work with Dylan Gabriel. That, mean, that's my way outside the box you know, They've if got you have get an extra five dollars to throw away, you put the bet on that one. Uh, but I mean that, that's one that you know it, could it happen?
2: Maybe you know, if you want to win the Powerball kind of happen. Hey, listen, if we're putting on tinfoil hats, why doesn't he just transfer to Notre Dame, get a guaranteed coach? and then be somewhere with no notoriety will be absolutely nuts, and everybody will lose their mind because it's a reverse Wimbush. Why not just because go I all don't wins?
0: want Notre Dame to be that good. <laughs> by the way, SMU, I, I don't agree on SMU. They've got Stone, the freshman kid they like a lot over there. We'll see if Brett Lashley likes. I'm gonna. And by the way, SMU is scheduled to play UCF next year. No, we, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we can handle that. I agree with Fallen <laughs> Hero. I'm going to throw a dark horse. Nebraska, they need a quarterback. They need a quarterback coach too. I could don't a Milton Gabriel package to Nebraska. Oh <laughs> I don't see
1: Milton being hired as a quarterback coach right off the right off the bat. I see him as a GA for at least a year. Uh, um, that's my way and, out of and, left field
0: one, right? I mean it's fair
1: we're, <laughs> we're all looking for, for stuff that, that's that's way out of left field that, that's kind of like the you know let's go skip Bayless on this and and throw something that just Makes so little sense that it's fun to talk about.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he gets paid a million dollars. Uh, <laughs> fallen hero, the base legend, asked, uh, Drew, this is right, our territory here. Bowl options, here where, are where do well, we stand? Where do we stand? From what I've heard, the military is already out, yeah. Uh, like, Carolina's going
1: there, accepted, right. yeah. And which we made that. perfect sense. Uh, we got that one. Woo. Uh, I, I think it's at this point now, it's it's really, uh, I think it's gonna be Birmingham, um, you know is as, as intriguing as florida ucf is in the gasparilla uh if they can get miami in there that would do that in a heartbeat over ucf
0: uh easily uh, no, that that will sell no, especially like since you might have two interim head coaches battling it out in that bowl game i mean Ooh, the, 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 the
1: the suspense and the intrigue just kind of sell itself <laughs> but i yeah. uh i think florida is almost a lock for gasparilla at this yeah. point they they won they got six and six they're gonna be the bottom of the barrel of the, uh, of the SEC bowl list keep them in state uh, and that really gives the Gasparilla a lot of freedom to choose a different opponent. They can go out of state and still get good turnout with 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 you know with the Gators there. Obviously, you're not going to get a full house uh as for a 6 and 6 Florida team, but you're going to get a, key, a decent turnout. You could probably get at least 30 35,000 which for that bowl game would would be breaking well, be breaking records. Uh I still think it's Birmingham and, you know, it's going to be against a 6-6 six and six SCT team. I really thought it was going to be Auburn. I think Auburn may be playing their way out of it. Uh, How it, great
2: it, would that would that be, though? Oh, uh, it, it would have been absolutely the new awesome. Team beat the team with the beach bowling. Ah!
1: I know. It would have been absolutely <laughs> perfect, but um, it does not look so, you know, the well – well Don't, don't. The, the,
2: don't shaking the on Magic
1: 8-Ball, and, and it says, check back later.
0: Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's kind of mocking us a little bit. But, oh! All right, uh-oh. since we're live, we're going to record. Alabama just scored a tie-it-up in the final seconds here. The so oh, dream is still alive. The dream lives. Let me make
1: discourse. a... Full discourse. Uh, I, my sister did go to the University of Alabama, even though. Uh, so when it comes to Alabama versus Auburn, I will always put Alabama first. Auburn is the bad guy, uh, so uh, no. I'll always put you know put Alabama first on that matchup. But no. from the, from this standpoint, <laughs> Auburn losing is good because I think it adds to the the intrigue of Hey Gus Malzahn playing his his old team. Uh, that's a sellable. That's a sellable story. And that's part of what these smaller bulls need. They need, they need a hook. Uh, you know, the, the, the Gators playing in state, uh, uh, that's a hook against Miami that you, you can use that, uh, you know, Auburn versus UCF uh, rematch of the peach bowl, Gus Malzahn on the other side of the sideline. I
2: mean, There's the a fan base there. that already travels great. Cause they went across the damn country for the fiesta on more than one occasion. And it's not that far.
1: I mean, granted, right. you know, uh there's plenty of us who 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 will struggle to make that drive for one reason or another. You know, three and a half year old.
2: Uh oh, I got two kids. I don't want to hear that trash.
1: Anyways. <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> that, mean, that means you're luckier than I am. Uh
0: somebody uh fallen here was asking, what about Fenway?
1: Fenway is still an option. I don't think no. you you said it's gonna end up in Fenway, and this is why. When the Fenway bowl was first brought out, it was marketed very heavily as by the American uh, to be one of their top bowls. The Birmingham was before was always where they send the runner up. I think the runner up is going to end up in Fenway now uh, against uh, the, the ACC uh, in that, that Northeast corridor, Uh, you know, you've got, you know, pro ballpark it's later in the year. Uh, I think that's where they're going to be pushing a team. Uh, That's why I have Houston going there because uh, Houston's, you know, you know, projected to be the runner up. And uh, as a, re- as a result, you know, Birmingham gets knocked down a little bit. So I, I don't think UCF is going to end up getting that type of destination. I, I think that's uh, propping them up too much. You know, they're, they're in a log jam for third place in the conference. Uh, so they're, they're going to, you know, East Carolina going regional. I think UCF's is going to go regional and then you have uh, SMU will probably end up regional. And-, and then Houston who ends up getting the, the nod to, to the Fedway would be my projection.
2: And, well, gosh, And the way to break all that is if Houston pulls the upset. Not saying they will, but, you know. Well, that's
0: significant. I mean, that is a significant game. I mean, Cincinnati, you know, that's why this Alabama-Auburn game that we're watching is significant because if Alabama were to lose this game, that just makes Cincinnati's path much more clear. Uh, Some would say it's already clear as it is. So, Well, Well, according to Kirk Herbstreit, it's
1: clear. You win and you're in. But, I mean, the – you know, if Alabama loses, obviously that changes things. Uh, Michigan's going to jump up obviously with the win over Ohio State. Uh, you know, they're they they may end up, you know, number 2 if Alabama loses. Uh, if Alabama wins, they'll probably end up number 3. I think they're going to jump over Cincinnati with 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 the win over Ohio State. I
2: think
0: Michigan jumps Alabama regardless if Alabama wins. Uh, possibly. You beat possibly. Ohio I mean, State was ranked number 2? Yeah, I'm with Elo on that. I,
2: how Who does Pato's number two work for?
0: Against a six and five team. What? With a backup quarterback.
2: I'll put it this way. All of that could be blown up if what you're talking about happens, Elo, with Bama lo- potentially losing today. If that happens and then they somehow win the conference championship, oh, oh, two SEC oh. teams will, in fact, participate. That is a fact.
1: We'll see. Oh well, well see. if Georgia loses in the if Georgia loses and, and Alabama wins definitely to two SEC teams in the play with two, two
2: losses. No,
0: well, wait, Kyle's saying though, no, even if they have two losses,
2: they're at the SEC conference champ. They're going to let the SEC conference champ in. Period.
0: I mean, you're gonna
1: have you're gonna have to have a hard debate that if, if but you have to assume Michigan wins. Hey, you have to listen. assume Oklahoma State wins.
2: I've seen um, the makeup of the committee. Or, there's, There's too many wins. active ADs for it to go any other way.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you, you've got some you – know, obviously the winner of Bedlam is, it, you know, you're going to have to put all your, your chips behind. Uh, but one of those teams going to have to win. you got Notre Dame. I mean, you have one-loss teams. You're going to be really hard-pressed on the political standpoint to justify a two-loss team. Uh, but remember, 2017, Alabama got it, didn't even win their own division. But Correct. I want to switch – I want to switch back to the to the American real quick, uh, because I don't think it matters now who wins next week because U, uh, UTSA lost. Uh, so, oh, you're talking about this, the whole
0: big picture as far as yeah, the means. whole Correct. big picture. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't think yeah.
1: it,
2: from from the American Bowl
1: standpoint, yeah. I don't think it matters now. Houston, so you're saying right, it
2: locks Houston basically
1: in the well, of, of it locks one of them. Uh, well, obviously, winner winner take all at this point. I think Houston's locked for the new year six, if they win over Cincinnati, they'll get the bump in the CFP rankings. They're already in the top 25. The only team ahead of them was UTSA. Uh, They lost. BYU does not have an automatic into the, into the, uh, the new year six. So granted, you know, they're, they're what 13th. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, They can still end up uh, being passed up. The guarantee the, the big question at this point now becomes what happens with the Mountain West with San Diego State. They're playing Utah State. However, I am con- I'm I, I'll put money on that one that Houston beats Cincinnati, they they'll jump, jump over they because of that resume
2: booster. That's I don't think point. there's
1: anything San Diego State could do to stay ahead at that point. They're they're too close. They're twenty four and twenty-one. It's a great Say point.
2: what you say what you will about Cincy. They beat the team that, that beat Notre Dame handling at the very that,
1: oh yeah well, and, I'm, I'm just playing the other side because no, 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 no. I'm, I'm very legitimate. yeah very legitimate well, I'm i mean Farmer. i both both eric and i have uh cincinnati as of last week we haven't done our this week ball projections because obviously the games aren't done yet but we have both uh cincinnati in the cfp semifinals hey, listen, at this point I so res- we're assuming they're going to win all the way through i respect
2: your faith in the committee I'll leave it at
1: that. Uh well I, it's more the it's more the fact of
0: there's just so many p- pieces working against the committee to, to well but here's the thing I and, and we'll we'll get into more about this on the actual podcast and probably in the next couple of weeks uh but the difference between a Cincinnati and a UCF in 2017 and I've said this I've been consistent about this for five years what the committee wants is for a team like Cincinnati to beat a power five team at the power fives place in Cincinnati. Did and that did. A top 10 that, team at that. That's the difference. UCF oh, didn't have God. that on the resume. <laughs> a
2: yeah. top 10 team that struggled with Knights like Toledo and Purdue. Woo! It's a top 10 team. man. Hey, but the, in the oh, end, man. you know, at the end,
1: they're still going to go with it. Uh, you know, I agree with you, Kyle. I, I know, I know you your do. feelings on that are, are, long in story with the, with the BCS. Uh, the well, I mean up, so rightfully
0: so. No, I'm not saying you're wrong. I will, I will it's,
1: we'll call it, it's college football politics. And yes. and unfortunately, this is the only sport where you can go undefeated and it doesn't matter. Uh it it, it and it fortunately it's still the case. I you know, if
0: UTSA won out, it wouldn't have mattered.
1: Uh they're not know,
0: gonna change either, even if you expand the playoff if you're a G five team, by the way. In fact, I think I think there's this idea that hey, you go to 12, that solves everything. No, I don't, I, I don't agree. I agree. See, Kyle and well, I agree on that. I don't think a second G five team makes it at all. Uh, no. In fact, uh,
1: they're not, you know, if Cincinnati makes the CFP, uh, you know, semifinals, they're not obligated to bring another team. I'm The whole new year six is those six games and the CFP semifinals are part of the new year six. So congratulations.
0: That satisfies the G five requirement. Exactly. And by the way, starting in July of 2023, if you're a UCF fan, that's exactly how you want it. That's exactly oh, yeah. how
1: uh, you want it. Yeah, obviously uh now granted, put an asterisk, not officially July 2023,
0: but all signs wink, point wink. to it that. Wink wink. All right, yeah, wink, let's wink. do Kyle let's do Kyle a favor before we wrap up the man, the man has been working his blank off. He was at the football <laughs> game Friday. He covered UCF Oklahoma Big game in men's basketball. We apologize in advance to men's basketball. This should get more coverage, but it didn't because a quarterback decided to write on Instagram that he's leaving. So, (laughs) what a jerk, Kyle. (laughs) uh, That's where we're at, Kyle. You were at the basketball game. I was first. This uh, I think your headline was uh, sooner. You know, Big Twelve. Here's here we go. Oklahoma Mm -hmm. uh, UCF loses a tough game. Really good game against oklahoma kind of give us an idea for those that may have missed it uh the breakdown
2: man i'll tell you what the way that game went down is is it was a series of series Uh, a lot of runs taking place and runs were exchanged you gotta love first of all we we heard at at hoops media day back when a month ago or whatever it was um that this game auburn coming up michigan later uh on the schedule was all to test what life would look like in the Big Twelve if the Wink Wink 2023 is a thing, uh, and all that, and how the program would cope. And I'll tell you, if this was that test, if this was the first section of the of the uh, of the uh, test, as it were, UCF certainly passed with this one with flying colors. There was a lot of physical play on both sides, and and you could tell what UCF exposed was that Oklahoma wouldn't be quite as athletically inclined as you believe. They just started beating them up in the paint. And that's how they got a majority of their points. Coach, uh, Coach Dawkins himself said in the post game, that the, he used the words, they imposed their will. And yeah. most of the points being in the paint for Oklahoma would dictate that. But at the very same token, UCF's 20 turnovers, the argument can be made that they beat themselves. Oklahoma's 20 turnovers that they also committed, right? You know, that, that actually shows defensively that they were right in the thick of it. Despite the fact that, that, that they were getting smashed in the paint um, defensively by Oklahoma, when Oklahoma's on offense, Sheik and Bakke C.J. Walker, those cats are doing their job battling. Really, the only question at that point becomes, because Bac-A is a fifth-year senior, because Walker is getting up there in years himself, that's a situation where you got to have a next the next class of big men coming in, but based on today's performance, you got to. It's one step back for the for this uh, record now being four and one. It's a it's a huge step for UCF kind, so to speak. As they, approach. I was waiting New to see 12. if you were going to go
1: with the Neil Armstrong quote. You started it. It's like okay,
0: it's
2: called talent. Get with it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what? I, uh... Darren Green, seventeen points. Darius Perry, sixteen points, uh, leading the way, and, for and much
2: more. Eight assists too, like accounted for yeah. a lot of points on the board beyond his own sixteen. Up next I mean, for that's UCF. what the
0: field general is supposed to do, though. Up next, by the way, UCF goes to Auburn. See, Drew, you get yeah. your UCF Auburn game after all. A- <laughs> Yay! Basketball. Uh, in basketball. All right, we've said enough. We've yelled enough. We've argued enough. We've uh, hopefully came up with some comments, uh, some content that uh, make you think a little bit boys final thoughts before we wrap it up uh and watch the remainder of football here uh drew you i'm gonna start with you final thoughts
1: oh i thought you were gonna go with kyle you know age before beauty but uh, okay uh wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. i
2: have both so what's your problem
1: um <laughs> you know, i gotta grasp at straws here you know give, give me something <laughs> you know. Alms for the poor anyways uh you know obviously a very disappointing day for for fans uh I can't say I'm very surprised, uh, you know, just this, the, the signs were, were popping up over over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but let's be honest, you know, the reality of all this is nothing. Nothing has changed. You know, Dylan has not played since, you know, the end of the Louisville game. This has been Mikey Keene's team. Uh, nothing's changed from that. It just means that he's just not coming back. So as I said before, you know, in, in prior podcasts, until he's back behind, you know, know, behind the center, taking a snap, he's not back. Well, this is no different. He's not back. Uh, that, you know, life, life moves on, you know, things go forward. This is the same team, uh, that played against USF. This is the same team the week prior, and this will be the same team next week. Nothing's changed. You know, the, the reality is nothing has changed there. There's no reason to hit the panic button. Uh, you know, the, there was already plans in place on on you know building towards the future. Heck, if everything worked out perfectly, uh, we expected you know Dylan to go to the NFL draft in 2022. So again, th- this was not an over uh, a big surprise that that Gabriel is going to be on a, in a different school in 2022. It's it's disappointing that it ended the way it did, how it did. But you know what? You wear the jersey for the front. You don't wear it for the back.
2: Got- So um, I'll I'll see Drew's uh, uh, don't get too negative and raise it this. Say what you will about what uh, Gabriel's impact may or may not have been in the coming season or any of that. Here's what I do know. You had a first-year coach who took a team with an IR longer than Santa's wish list from any of my children, and then – managed to produce an eight potential nine win season out of it in a year where they were actually somehow with all those injuries, the first bowl eligible team in the damn state competing with a lot of other power five schools to achieve that, by the way, over and above the fact that with all these injuries, with the way Gus recruited in his first year in this off season to get major producers for the team, like you talked about, I don't have it any reason that there should be any sort of a uh, pessimism. If you're a UCF fan, which, Hey, listen, I've said before, I, I'm more objective than emo wink wink, <laughs> but yeah, let's, not, too, let's not start what? panicking. Let's not start panicking. If you're a UCF fan, for goodness sake. I mean, you know, the fire, hi, fire, hypo stuff was one thing. Stay on the gust bus. He's given you plenty of reasons to do so. Ironically by using crutches, he made the uh, train, or excuse me, the bus more interesting a ride. But I digress.
1: Well, I'll, I'll, well, let me just throw that real, on top of that real, real quick, Kyle. Uh, just based on comments, I don't think anyone's jumping off the, the Gus. I think this actually may help people, help galvanize the, the Gus and get people more on it. Because okay. it just shows what he's had to work with and what he's done. Uh, I, think, I think this will actually improved the support of, of Malzahn and his coaching
2: staff. Galvanize is a good word. That's that's possible. I won't rule that out.
0: I'll just leave it as uh, this. Uh, Nighthawk eight eleven chimes it up. You guys have an awesome channel. Keep up the good work. I agree. <laughs> that's what I'm excited about. Good so, job. Good effort. To our YouTube page. Apologize. There's some noise. There's people throwing parties outside the house. It's not actually my TV. I don't. And I don't know. Oh, wow. I don't think they're, uh, so. I don't. It's Saturday. It's a Saturday night. I don't know. Um, in Orlando. Maybe they're. Gator fans, I doubt it, but who never knows? Um, I don't know that. Uh, Kyle Dash making his night shift debut, by the way. You know, if only you could be more, you know, not as shy about your comments.
2: Well, hey, I I am reserved. He's so
0: modest. That's I right. know, right? Uh, so for Kyle, where can the people tell the audience where they can find you? Kyle, starting with you.
2: Of course, you can find me on Twitter at the SOTG, doing my work for the Black and Gold Banneret during this upcoming basketball continuing. Basketball season for both men's and women's and for any of the bowl action up here. You may see a little bit more of me, depending on how that works with placement and all of that. Uh find me on Instagram as the same as well, the S O T G.
1: Uh, you can catch me on Twitter if you haven't blocked me at SOTG. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, obviously, uh, we're gonna be still covering football. The season's not over. We still have a bowl game to worry about. Uh, so leading up to that, and then into the off season, but uh, I will be also doing a variety here and there once that se- you know football is over and we turn towards our other Olympic sports because they need love too.
2: Indeed, yeah. and I want the record to make sure Jeff heard me say Bannerette this time. Yeah, he Bannerette. finally got
1: it right because he didn't get it right when I was talking to him after the game last night.
2: That's I got correct. it. I got it. I got it right the first time on the on the podcast, and then I got it wrong the second. It's weird. Anyways.
0: Very good. Uh, volleyball <laughs> ever We'll find out their fate as far as where they're going for the NCAA tournament. Sunday night, 830. Bryson will be on top of that. I'll be on top of that. I had this great, great article about projecting where they're going to go, but because of Dylan's announcement, it's all out the window. So I'm just going to say, jerk. I'm just gonna say he's, that UCS probably going to Miami for the NCAA tournament in volleyball. They're probably going to play Florida first round. Uh-oh. That's a problem. Anyway. Eric Lopez, Eric Lopez, you can follow us there. Make sure you follow us, blackandgoldbanneret.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page. We'll have more night shifts. We'll probably have another night shift once we know where UCF is going bowling. We'll have our regular podcast this week. I get to be in charge of the podcast. So that's going to be chaos. Look out because Jeff's <laughs> yes, got uh, surgery coming up. Yes,
1: everyone keep, keep Jeff sharing in your thoughts. He's going to be going under the knife, getting his back fixed. Don't and, uh, send him a virtual
2: gonna... hug. That's painful.
1: Um, yes, uh no hugs. He's he's he can't <laughs> handle that right now. He's he's very sensitive. Yeah. Um, you know, hurts his feelings a lot. And um he plans on being back for UCF Michigan
0: at addition t- Financial Arena. No sure for that for the podcast, probably, but you never know. Uh Hopefully everything goes very well with her. And thanks to everybody who's tuned in, ask questions, comments. I know we didn't get to every comment and questions, but I think we we kind of hit up all the major points. Obviously, we'll follow this story as it develops. It's going to be a wild offseason, as it always is in college football. And uh, we appreciate you tuning in to Black and Go Benaret. We'll keep you covered on every UCF sport and all the latest on that. So for Kyle, for Drew, I'm Eric. Enjoy your rest of your football weekend. And uh, please, no more Instagram announcements for the weekend, yeah? everybody else. All right, <laughs> just to, let me let, let us watch our football. This has been night shift on the Black and Gold banner.